Welcome to another episode of The Artistic Director with Jacob Alexander Ferg. I'm sitting here with Trey McGee. Trey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Cool. Good. Yeah. Good to hear it. So, um, for the listeners who don't know you, uh, can you just give a brief history of the Trey McGee and the performance world and what has led you to do the things that you're currently doing? Yeah. Um, I was actually like a pretty shy kid growing up, but around sixth grade... 11 or so I was in this show called the Hoboken Chicken Emergency and it was like this (laughs) like really weird musical at this youth theater that I fell in love with and I like continued to do theater uh, all the way up through college and still doing it now cool 24 cool awesome Uh, so what are you currently working on like what's what's happening in in Trey's artistic life right now yeah, so I got a couple things going on um, artistically. I like to keep pretty busy in both music and in theater. So once I graduated college, uh, a few buddies and I, we decided to start a little group called Wanderlust, Wanderlust Laboratory Theater. For like the full name. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, just Wanderlust. And we wanted to just make a group that was um, down to make new theater that uh, we want to make original pieces like stress on original um, devised work Mm -hmm. and just try and make theater for a a new younger generation and affordable tickets and shows that are about contemporary ideas but still appeal to like the human soul okay awesome Uh, so I like to start out this podcast with a big ambiguous question and I preface it to everyone like this (laughs) (laughs) So just answer however you, whatever interpretation you have, uh, what would you say is your personal uh, artistic direction? I think, wow, that is, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My personal artistic direction. My direction in art, in creation, I think no matter where I am in, I guess no matter where I am, I'm going to be creating. And I feel like there were things that I'm here to do. Um, not religiously, spiritually maybe, but I, I believe I'm here to uh, make music and to tell stories. Um, and I think that the way I do that is going to change. Um, the direction, I guess. Change things, or ch- like change how? What type of change? You that's interesting. I mean, I I guess I didn't intend for like, yeah, but no, you're right. Um, change in like, I think the way that I tell my stories or the way that I make my music will change, and it has in like historically. Like, I started making music when I was playing piano, I took piano lessons when I was like six and then I quit after a couple of years because I didn't know how to read music and I did, (laughs) I just didn't want to figure it out. So I quit. And, um, (laughs) and then I started teaching myself, uh, like music from Zelda just on the, on the piano. And then from there it escalated into like, I just started writing my own music. And then in high school I started like writing lyrics to my music. 
I still still don't know how to read music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it evolved even still, like, from just piano tunes into I got involved with, like, electronic music. Because um, I've always loved, like, I loved, like, techno and stuff when I was a kid. And, yeah, as I've grown up, it's I was, like, on the computer a little bit, like, mainly producing stuff with the Ableton program. Yeah. Um, I was doing that for a while, and... Um, recently I've switched now and uh, now I just work on a keyboard uh, synthesizer that I have I just like it's my workstation now and I just like write and create and record from that thing now Uh Um, and I think it's it's good it's the direction there is is good um, because where before on Ableton I was like in the screen and on the keyboard I'm like with and audience, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, hopefully soon. Uh, musically, I've been working pretty hard on a new album, Ooh. Um, and it's called "Listen to Her." Okay, and it's um, intended to be a positive message um, for men about respecting and equalizing women. Whoa, um, that's awesome. Do you know when that's going to be released, or is it still to be? It's. I'm still writing it, okay. and depends on. Um, other things I have going on too, but uh, I am hoping for a summer release, June, July. Cause it's got it's got a summer sound to it. It's kind of synth pop disco. Cool, cool. That's uh, awesome. But yeah, it's it started from just plunking on the piano. Yeah. Um, and so it, I, I guess you could say I'm plunking on a piano still. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but it has changed a lot. So, uh, what made Trey McGee make the jump from music to uh, theatrical performance? Like, when when did that happen? I mean, I, I honestly think music was like music was like a language that I understood f- like before I could talk. I think like <laughs> it just music feels much more uh, like instinctual to me than theater does. Oh, interesting. Um, but when I did theater, I mean, the Hoboken Chicken Emergency, that was a musical and it had singing and dancing and I loved that. Um, and I also love to move my body and I love to like dance and, um, especially to music and good music and like, um, and so that kind of got me started into theater. And then obviously there's like, uh, just that natural, naturally like a selfish thing. I don't know. I, selfish maybe isn't the right word. I, yeah. I loved the attention. I loved like being laughed at. Um, yeah, because I was a goofball, and I, I mean, I still try to be uh, in the appropriate situations. <laughs> but like, like I, I love making people laugh because yeah. it like it made me feel great. Yeah, there's like a there's a trust there where the audience is like come to see you perform and they trust that you're able to yeah. to do the thing. And it feels nice to be able to just like, yeah, hey, hey everyone. Like right. I'm fulfilling your expectations. Exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I- I'm feeling like your current artistic direction is much more musically based though. Uh, so I'm sure it, are you planning on uh, performing on stage? You kinda mentioned it, but like if you're performing music on stage, there's still a performative aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can kind of choose and fine tune how, um, yeah, I guess how you, how loose or strict you have. So how, how, you, how will you, 
in a hypothetical show, sorry, I'm right. Totally, uh, totally. In a hypothetical show, how would you marry the uh, aspect of performance and the aspect of just uh, music, I guess? Yeah. Where's that middle ground for you? I actually, like, honestly, it doesn't have to be hypothetical because I, um, in, back in September at no. The Pocket, I performed a one-man show. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Cool. Called, it was called Dwayne's First Concert. <laughs> Dwayne is a, a is family it? name. Sorry, is this a play? Yeah. Okay, so it was, it was a, a It was a play concert hybrid like you're talking about. That's amazing. Wow. Um, I performed it with my keyboard. Uh, oh, my God. And so it was a, uh, pardon the brassiers. Um, <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, just my attempt. It was about 20 minutes long. My attempt at just sort of a clowny, um, clowny concert with, with like the music was semi like personal. Um, but the, the character that I was being while I performed the music was, um, this sort of the backdrop of a guy who is going to perform, but he's horribly nervous to perform. And so he's battling his nerves and simultaneously playing the music that he had prepared. Um, That's really cool. And so it's like kind of, you know, honest because that's how I was feeling. It was the first time in a really long time. It was the first time in a while since I had performed music from my heart, from like just that I'd written and that I'd like worked on what I learned from this piece was that it was uh, difficult to commit to one or the other. I think in the future, if I were to like retry this in this hypothetical, I would make music specifically for the play. Uh, oh, so were you just sort of presenting some music that you had? It exactly. Like, I see, I see, exactly. I see, I see. Um, and it was sort of thematically tied because a lot of the music is like uh, a lot of the stuff that I performed was like uh, self-deprecating like yeah. humor style but yeah in the future I'd want to like marry or I, in the future of trying this again I'd want to um, hold on Trey just had to hit a snare drum really quick. <laughs> That's the first spider I've seen in this apartment. Oh. That's crazy. They're back. <laughs> you can't tell Fonzo about this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay well. yeah, yeah, in the future of yeah. trying this, I'd want to write music specifically for the show. Um, and yeah. have it be much more... You have it live in that world. Yeah. Yeah. How did... um. How did that one-man performance come to be? Like, why did you do that? <laughs> well, because, like, I had just recently got this keyboard, and I was I was transcribing a lot of stuff I'd been writing recently onto the keyboard, i.e., like, performance mode, where I could just be, like, yeah. working the, the buttons and the keys and the knobs and stuff yeah. live and still be up, like... Yeah. making eyes with everyone like, yeah that's definitely part of it which yeah cause like I would just hate to just be into my computer screen the whole time yeah that would ruin the show because you have to be up and existing with the audience yeah. at least if you're gonna do clowning stuff yeah exactly sorry what, what was the question I guess the, I, I'm curious like how you came to um, how you came to end up doing this one man show oh yeah like like why well, the play why, why is it a play like, like right right yeah I think I was asked by uh, Clayton, the guy who runs the pocket, yeah. to, to participate. It was Fringe Month. 
he just was looking for people who had acts and I was, and it was a couple months off. So I was just like, yes, I have an act. And I started writing right away. Yeah. That's smart. Um, because I just wanted to give myself that pressure. Yeah. That's put, I wanted put to, fire I wanted to put myself on the calendar and be like, okay, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I have time. to do this. <laughs> and it worked. Like I, I, cra- I got a show and like, and it was, it was fun. I had a good time. The idea to do it, like, it, it didn't start as, like, a one-man show with my music. It was more, like, I got a spot, and I was wondering if anyone wanted to, like, join in. But I, I didn't think it would be doable for everyone. Like, like maybe if someone in Wanderlust would want to, like, do a duo project or something. Um, but I don't think it was, like, doable at the time. Other people, like, were working on other projects and stuff. So... I decided, yeah, to move forward with like just something musical because gosh, it would just be amazing. Like someday way down the road, I think, cause I'd, I'd want to work really hard on it, but I would love to write a musical, like yeah. just a musical. <laughs> and like the, the work that we do at, at Wanderlust, I write original music for all of those shows. That's awesome. And um, in the show that we had in December, Wink and Blinkin, did you see that one? I didn't see that one, unfortunately. Um, it was a, uh, it was called the New New Adventures of Wink and Blinkin and Nod, and it was a fairy tale esque um, comedy about love and friendship, um, and it had a lot of you know knee slapping music in it. Yeah. And at the end, we had a we had a song that we all sang together, and I played the banjo, and it was great. And like uh, we we have been flirting with the idea of music in our shows and in uh, our most recent piece Lossie that was in March we had a choreographed dancing uh, as our interludes between scenes oh that's cool to music that I, I, I again made and yeah. like and so we've we, we have this history of, of flirting with heavily incorporating music in our pieces and I mean, like, and we've been working now on our piece coming out in August. Uh, working title is Salt Peanuts. Okay. But it might change. Okay. But again, it's going to be a live music, sort of That's jazz, immersive uh, bar piece. And cool. we're really excited about it. We're going to turn the Slate Theater into a, a little saloon. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious. <laughs> uh, Wanderlust is, a, is an interesting... Uh, entity, I guess, because you all, so you essentially met in college and mm-hmm. then you, in, in these group of people, you all said, I, we're vibing with each other. We all yeah, like performing yeah. with each other. Like, yeah. and it feels good like to have this group of people that like works together. I'm curious as this group comes together, it's just a bunch of friends who are sort of appears uh, on equal ground. I think that's a yeah. very, very healthy dynamic, but I'm curious about the dynamic of like, when would you're the artistic director of yeah, Wanderlust? Yeah. How did you codify? Was who was I? Was it your idea? Sorry, that's like I mean, it was kind of the brainchild um, at first of me and um, the business director of the group, um, Curtis Gelhausen. Yeah. yeah, and we, you know, we did a show together. He and I, that um, our friend Kayla Adams directed. The, the Dumbwaiter? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. yeah, we, you know, we did that together because we were just at a bar, just like drinking beers, and we were just like, or I, I was like, I have a play that we should read together because it's like two guys and it's really funny. 
and we did and we were like well let's just do it and like that show just sort of awakened our like sense of like man you can just you can just get shit done when you (laughs) when you like you know dedicate yourself to it and like I think we just like got the taste and we continued with it and um uh we had our first we were part of a devised piece then it was me and Curtis and Fatima Wardak and Jacob Bevilacqua and Jeremy Uran and Jessica Andrews and we created a devised piece called Salt Peanuts Salt Peanuts oh interesting which is yeah it, we're actually revamping this older piece um, for our August piece it's like a fun tidbit we devised that together and again felt a very similar man we just came together and and created a a project that we were passionate about yeah that told an interesting story we felt and and it had a really positive audience response um, and we really loved the dynamic of the group while we were creating because uh, a lot of it a lot of the work we do is like viewpoints which is like you know largely improvisational just like movements and mm-hmm. relationships physically and yeah I kind of view, see viewpoints as like an ultimate abstraction of what acting is mm-hmm. so it's like acting in one of its most abstract possible yeah, forms yeah uh, which is interesting because it, it sets your brain in a certain way to engage exactly with. yeah Sorry, sorry to... No, no, that, yeah. totally. Um, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll, I'll follow up with, how has it been when you're directing, when you're being the artistic director, when you're making artistic choices, how much dynamic is between you and how much is it the group? Is it still like a pretty homogenous thing or are you like, like in in what points do you take the reins? Like, yeah, yeah. Honestly, that- like the the reason that I like go by artistic director I think is is just because um, we because it was me and Curtis and then later Jacob who was a part of Salt Peanuts we the three of us came together and really decided to do the company after we graduated yeah and we just kind of talked about between the three of us um, as like sort of the spearheads of the project where our strengths lay in terms of like how we can manage this whole thing because it's not just uh, like a good, it's not it's not just like good art that goes into the company and like it's staying together. It, it also had to be uh, managing resources and um, thinking about other other aspects of it that like I it's just I'm honestly just no good, no good at that. <laughs> like I just I have a lot to work on, of course. Um, yeah, and we're still like a relatively young company, but. I I was made artistic director because I kind of I have a lot of the vision and like um, sort of ideas that uh, uh, aesthetically and of like kind of the overall image uh, that Wanderlust yeah. um, goes by in terms of all the work we do and I think play by play we really share the load um, we really divide leadership and stuff like that. But in terms of like the overall look and feel of Wanderlust, I think like I have I have the idea about what it is to look like 
So what is the overall? If you don't mind, you don't have to like if it's like a, some sort of secret or like no, but no, like, like think... what is? Can you like? It's a very ambiguous feeling. I understand. Yeah. But, yeah. No, it's 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 something that that with our mission statement, I think. <laughs> admittedly, I think it like needs a little bit of revision. But mm-hmm. our mission statement, as it stands, is. Uh, an ensemble dedicated to creating new and challenging work for both the audience and the artists. Okay. And I think that's valid, but lately, just looking at what Wanderlust has made, looking at our track record and, and the plays we've produced and just analyzing the feeling of them and like, how do you feel when you go to a Wanderlust piece? Um, I've, I think a lot about that now. Yeah. Now that we're now that we kind of have a few plays under our belt. Yeah. Like, what is the Wanderlust touch? Yeah. Um, and we've talked about it as a group um, as well. And I think the word whimsy comes up a lot, and the word comedy. I'd say it's, I think, a comedic look at perhaps pretty dark things in the world. Um, and not to say it's like satire, yeah. but it's whimsical. I don't know. It, it, it's like a semi-serious, I guess. Yeah. We have moments of levity. The underlying feeling or the underlying feeling or, or uh, atmosphere is something of dread or of sadness yeah interesting is that is that kind of harking back to the challenging aspect because I'm interested in the mission statement saying that it's challenging for both the audience and for the actor honestly I, I'm just not a fan of like the challenging okay to both because it just seems kind of like narcissistic in a way I can understand that I can see how I would could see how it wouldn't be but I can see also that. yeah yeah, I, I guess it's it's you can look at it both ways, but yeah, definitely we want to do pieces that are emotionally honest and mm-hmm. and honest about things that happen to people, and like our our last piece, Lossie, was the story of a woman who wakes up in a strange world where people are guided by people who look like they're museum workers or something and they watch their memories projected on walls and like what? and the woman um, with the help of her guide has to figure out why she's there and as the mystery sort of unfolds you kind of put the pieces together that this woman was she's in uh, a, a house that's collapsed because it was bombed and her family has died in in this event and she is in this world because you enter this world when a massive loss happens to you mm. and so she is there because she she needs to she has to find out about what has happened to her, which is, and what's happened to her family. Wow. And of course, this kind of realization culminates at the very end, and it sort of yeah. leaves you with that. 
And it's heavy yeah. in the description, but the experience of the play was the world had lots of strange humor in it. The the guides um, had scenes to themselves where they were just playing cards and playing tricks on each other yeah. and like the the guide who was working with the woman has like you know a rhyme scheme and she has jokes and yeah and uh it's like pulling the absurd and the real together exactly yeah and and like just kind of keeping the mystery going in a fun way in an engaging way yeah um because i think like humor and and this sort of uh also pixar-esque kind of idea like where they I guess this is kind of tangential but like I just feel like uh, what I really admire about their storytelling is that it is so mature and can appeal to so many like it can appeal to anyone just because it is it's about it's about the spirit like the human spirit Mm. it's like that's something that's just unchanging and we well, we like as Wanderlust, like we want to really make pieces that feel like that, that feel like uh, accessible in in a humorous way and like a fun, fantastical way. Yeah. Um, but it's like no matter who you are. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, just go and see this woman in this strange world and like all the strange uh, memories that people are watching and stuff like that. Or or you go and you ex- you can really watch and see the, that underneath that story underneath that that meat about you know what has really happened to her because we don't we don't really ever explicitly say it it's just includes that she's picked up and it's her realization wow and i think that there is the nugget that we made a show that commented a lot about what's happening in syria we made a show that centered around a woman whose life was devastated by yeah by in a very human way exactly because in and I mean we don't have to but I just think that in America we have this tendency to think of the lives of the people in Syria in the Middle East whose lives are similarly devastated yeah we don't think of those people as people. Um, I agree. And it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, like, it's easy to not focus on something when it's not in like the locus of your attention. But, and yeah. so we wanted to make a piece that said they are like everyone yeah. is a person and everyone experiences loss. Yeah. And so moving forward with this like sort of wanderlust idea mm-hmm. of of talking about of working with a pretty heavy subject but in a way that is accessible to the to a, a new audience yeah. like a, we are making this immersive show and in a lot of ways it's about addiction and it's about the dangers of inaction the dangers of indifference mm-hmm. Which is something I think we can all look at right now as a country, and looking at who's up at the top of our yeah, country and who's leading it. Awful! It's just like objective. And it's it's like, objectively awful. And and 
in my experience, I feel like I'm in this situation because I was indifferent. And, and I think that we are all indifferent in yeah. some way. And I don't, and we want to try and shed light on like how dangerous that can be. Uh, is like doing nothing instead of actually doing something. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a fun piece. We're going to serve drinks. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, funny. There's going to be singing. There's going to be dancing. Yeah. And underlying, underneath, we want to have this it's, idea. Comedy is a very powerful tool if you use it in a way that taking this idea and then exploring a world and of funny things surrounding the idea, mm-hmm. I think it's without making a joke about the idea itself. Like, just explore the surrounding area. Because when yeah. you bring up comedic things, uh, it just settles people. I think there's something about laughter that disrupts uh, the train of thought. And so if you if you have, like... I, I really like the idea of having a very tense moment, like an extremely tense moment. Uh, and then there's always that, you know, the, the classic comedic character is like, well, ba 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 And everyone's like, thank you. Yeah. yeah. How do you take comedy uh, and, like, foster that comedy within, like, that lighthearted, fun, mm. loving, energetic nature whilst you are still doing the darker you're still uh, like dealing with the darker subject matter I think just looking at our experience with Lossie what really I think right off the bat helped us out was uh, we created first we created a world that the audience enters when they enter the space and they take their seat the whole play took place inside the world of loss that this woman came into so there is no like there's no defined outside world and so mentally emotionally the audience is able to sort of detach from themselves from like from like uh inhibitions you know like they're able to say like I'm in a new place now and I can kind of look at it with a blank slate and so on top of building this world we knew going in from the beginning of the project that we the the hunch of the project was loss Um, and and many different it's really general, but like yeah. it was loss and like the, the many different ways that we can experience loss and yeah. what loss is. And so once we had, but going into the project at the beginning, we knew that we wanted humor um, because just creating a show about <laughs> loss just we knew would be, be just so devastating. We didn't we didn't want to make that. Like we just did we didn't want to do that show. We weren't but yeah, like I like we none of us wanted to make that show. Like that was just gonna yeah. be like like the whole time, just like crying. So yeah, we like we knew we wanted humor. Um and we tried a lot of different things, uh, at first. And like what we landed on I think was great. But we, during the creation phase of the piece, where we're just sort of bringing in moments, little chunks of 
movement or of text or of both together um, or of just imagery or something during that time we as a group were working with and against each other to like bring in pieces that were both funny and pieces that both made you think and feel you know and pieces that do all of those things and that's that's where like I think the real like beauty of our dynamic shines um, it, it's it's in um, this sort of shared mind of that we all think outside of ourselves and just think about the piece we're making yeah. and what does the piece we're making need um, yeah from instead all of, of from me, yeah, instead yeah. of us being like what how do I get my moment yeah. into the final yeah. piece? Like that's toxic. Like there's, it just never feels like there's any <laughs> any of that. Cool. It's it's just sort of a uh, a trust and like yeah. so we as a group were challenging ourselves to make a show that was going to be humorously refreshing and also you know pretty pensive and like uh, thoughtful. Awesome. And. It, it influenced the process from the very start. Yeah. Well, that's uh, amazing. I'm going to stop that. It's a beautiful train of thought, but I'm going to stop it because <laughs> I want to ask you, is there anything that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet uh, in terms of just the realm of artistic direction? Uh, I'm still interested in music and like how to um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like just in, uh, for Wanderlust, I think like the artistic direction is feeling really strong. Uh, right now um, and I love the way that we're incorporating music into all of our pieces and <laughs> my my idea like my perfect in my perfect world there would be someone maybe one person who's seen like all of our shows <laughs> who when the day comes when we say Wanderlust is like making a musical then that when that person who's seen everything and like been like they can see that announcement and be like, I knew it. Like I finally, they've <laughs> yeah. like decided to just go full into it and make That's a musical. Hilarious. But I, yeah, I just like, I love theater so much and I'm so grateful for this group that we have come together and that we are still making stuff together. And, and I, I just like, I, I love it so much, but I would be extremely sad if I, somehow lost music uh, in my life like yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen yeah, yeah but like I feel like music is a significant if not bigger chunk of like what I feel like I am here to do yeah like part of your, like it's your artistic direction yeah, and that's, yeah like as a person that's another thing that I've been uh, so when I first started doing a few of these interviews I was saying what is your personal slash collaborative artistic direction mm, yeah and I've sort of condensed that down, but it's it's interesting to draw that barrier between. It's like so you have a personal thing that you're focused on, but then you have the collaborative like intention where you have to approach it in a different manner than you would just personally. Yeah, uh, I guess like do you have like a, a when you're going into a collaboration, what is what is the artistic direction from your standpoint? Like in a, in a Wanderlust piece, sure. like when I'm working on yeah something. Like, how do I be the artistic director as well as, like, a cast member or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, I think it's just... 
it's a matter of looking at it like just wearing different hats at different times. You're um, the first one to use that term. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's probably cliche at this yeah. point. Like, so many people probably say that because it's, it's a, like it's a good illustration. Though. It is. It is. It, it gets it across. I almost said people. I'm just putting on different shoes. I almost said that. Maybe I should have just gone with that. Yeah, but, that's the new way to say it. Um, no, I'm just like it's a matter of like which which hat are you wearing, and it's like a matter of being aware of like of just being aware of that. Yeah. At at a rehearsal where I was an actor. And we had already, as, as a group, decided who was directing this piece. I would go as an actor. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be thinking about or like or like exercising any sort of like artistic directoriness over yeah. anyone at that time. I would just kind of be an actor in the piece. Hmm. But if I called together everyone, or if I called everyone together for a, a meeting regarding business, regarding future shows, regarding like. Uh, like recently we had a meeting regarding what we were going to do for our August piece and uh, looking forward all the way to our next piece after that, which is going to be in December. Um, so like that, I called it together more under the umbrella, under the hat of the artistic director. And I wrote down the schedule for the meeting and like had the bullet points that I wanted to hit and stuff like that. And kind of like guided the conversation, but Again, it's more because of the group dynamic. I, I really try to keep it as open for them as possible. Yeah, that's awesome. And I just sort of like keep track of the time and like, and like just sort of yeah. meander us into things that I feel like we need to get, we need to like, and it, sometimes we just get to it naturally and I just yeah. like check them off as I go. But that's like, like pure trust within a group, which is really awesome. Exactly. And I, and I know that we will get to it and like, that's super special. And I, and moreover, I know that, that people will listen and that we will listen to each other and like be respectful of each other's ideas. Awesome. Well, uh, that is about time, Trey. If anyone, uh, is trying to find you online or maybe find some information about Wanderlust, is there any plugs that you have? Yeah, we are on all the social media, uh, Wanderlust, LT, um, Instagram, Facebook, and we have a SoundCloud cool. now where uh, we posted the uh, original soundtrack to Lossie. Okay, you can check it out there. Cool. Um, Always hallways for anyone who's curious is the one that we did the dance uh, okay. dance to during the intermissions or the interludes. Yeah, um, and yeah, just me. I don't know. Keep an eye out. <laughs> friend me on Facebook or something Uh, I'm not super active on social media honestly but listen to her and uh, also I'm in a band called dot comet dot comet music dot com and uh, Instagram stuff like that (laughs) we're also coming out with an album pretty soon here just got done recording the vocals actually that's that's very intriguing so definitely a few things coming out on the horizon um, I like to end with this thing. Uh, can you please give one recommendation of anything at all? So, God. like a book, a movie, or like a way of life, um, a thing to do. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things. There's tough. a lot of things. Okay, off the cuff, uh, I just finished the book. Uh, I know why the caged bird sings by oh, my aunt. Wow! Yeah, and it was, was beautiful, and um, I felt like I learned a lot, and I learned a lot about myself and I also got a lot of perspective that's awesome that's really awesome okay well Trey thank you so much for being on this this was awesome yeah of course thank you for having me I really appreciate it yeah you can find this on 
SoundCloud and iTunes, and it's on Facebook also. Thank you so much, listener, for listening, and I hope your day is good. Me too.